0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are Okay. good evening everyone oh, sorry uh, good evening everyone welcome to mma weekly with austin and chef dan i am chef dan austin how you doing this evening
1: i'm doing very well um you can hear me all right
0: right yeah
1: okay good um i'm doing very well and I'm glad to be talking, um, talking MMA this week because a lot happened this past week, and we got a lot of breakdown with the sport. So, very busy time, very busy month for MMA fans or so UFC, Bellator, etc. So,
0: oh yeah, there's there's about to be an overload of I M- I don't know. I'm, I mean, you could never have too much MMA. But there's about to be a plethora of MMA cards coming up this weekend. So. We have a lot to break down wherever you're listening th- uh this wh- wherever you're listening this uh wherever you are listening to with us whether it be on an audio platform on spotify spreaker google Podcasts, apple podcast or if you're listening to us on youtube uh which we will do shout outs at the end of the show to make a regular uh comment of it and answer some questions in the youtube comments but all in all, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we can get right into this Bellator card that happened this last week. Uh, Austin, if you want to get right into this one that happened on Friday.
1: Yeah, let's definitely do that. Um, so oh. and so in the this past Friday was Bellator 277 from San Jose, California. And the main event was Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee for the Rematch for the featherweight title. At the last fight, AJ McKee won via first-round um, submission. And this fight, this fight was totally different. Preacher sure Pitbull wins a very close, somewhat controversial decision over AJ McKee, 48-47 on two judges' scorecards. I believe in 49-46. No, it was the unanimous decision. My bad, 49-46 on one judge's scorecards and 48-47 on two of judges' scorecards. Now. This, now, this was definitely controversial because watching it, I thought AJ won the fight. I thought AJ did more and landed more shots in rounds 1, 4, and, four and 5. Well, I gave 2 and 3 to Pitbull, especially in the third round where Pitbull almost did finish um, AJ with the right hand that wobbled him and then that guillotine choke in the end of, near the end of that third round. But I guess a lot of people were saying it was a very close fight, especially that first round. Some people was somewhat close, but I thought AJ won. And. I kinda of, I look at, I thought AJ won, but maybe since the fight was close I can see why some people thought Pippo won. maybe I mean what what are your thoughts on this fight, Dan? Did you agree with the judges or you thought AJ McKee won?
0: I agree with you. I didn't agree with the judges at all. I thought AJ won this fight. It wasn't a eventful fight. It wasn't an entertaining fight. Um it was a close fight. But I really thought, like you said, AJ landed more to me. Granted, Patricio uh, was bringing the forward pressure, but I thought AJ was smart. He uh, dodged a lot of the shots that Patricio was throwing. I thought um, AJ had some very convincing moments throughout the fight, Patricio had his own convincing moments, but. All in all, I thought AJ McKee won the. Uh, I thought he won the fifth round. I thought he won the first round, and I thought he won the uh, what? The third round? Fourth round? Fourth round. Yeah, because we, me, and Austin both watched it together. So we, you know, we 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 were discussing it, and it was like we were both shocked, and even AJ McKee was shocked at the end. You saw the utter disbelief in his face because it. it to me, I thought he won, but if it wasn't clear and you left it to the judges then i could say that's the fault of aj mckee because you have shown that you could finish this guy and uh it was a lot of dancing around the pocket with both of them
1: it was and I think both guys. i think you know pitbull obviously being finished and having to reach this advantage definitely made him more cautious in this um fight you we know, you know versus how he typically fights in his um career and then AJ McKee, I, I guess, he, you know, he was very cautious. I guess he respected Pitbull too much. But, uh, but I just think, because Pitbull does have power, and he's, you know, a very good fighter. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I thought, I, you know, some people were pointing out they felt like AJ's corner could have been better, because AJ's corner kept telling AJ that he was winning or dominating the fight, you know, instead of, like, telling them to be more active, hey, he could have lost, things like that, etc. And so, some people were pointing out that, the corn, that, you know, AJ's corner wasn't actually the best. If, if, if there was something at the end of, between rounds four and five. Or, at least, I forgot. I think his dad said something that that you're not supposed to do if you're a corner man. Something about I, I forget what it was exactly. It was something involving like, oh, your uh, something like you got this fight in the bag or something. Uh, not, not not that, but it was something where he was basically telling AJ they basically winning the fight. And that some people are blame, you know are talk, you know mentioned that AJ's corner didn't do the best job.
0: It really wasn't the best job because you. It was such an incomplete fight. It felt like they had, there was more punches to be had, more kicks to be had. It was a lot more activity to be had. I agree. It just felt like they left both fighters left so much on the table that it. I mean, coming away from this fight, I wanted to ask you this question. Do you want to see a third time?
1: I, I mean, I wouldn't mind,
0: but you, I understand why people- You have big feelings about it, no, right?
1: No, no, the reason why is because AJ is talking about wants to go up to 155 and doesn't want to do the 145 cut anymore. which is, which, I mean, I think it's kind of, which if he does do that, I mean, kind of, a, it'd be kind of a shame. But at the same time, I understand because he is big for 145. I mean, to me, the best solution is this: AJ wins his one fight, Pitbull defends his belt, then you do the trilogy fight because they are 1-1. Because Adam Wars is a guy you can definitely give a title fight to. The role he's been on, He only lost one fight in Bellator, things like seven or eight one Bellator. And the guy Aaron Pico, who fought earlier in the card, who looked very well in his fight, especially in the late placement. So there's other guys too who could, who could make claims for title shots. In, in the Federal Weight Division. So I think maybe instead it should, it should probably do um if Pitbull size not Pitbull, excuse me, McKee size, to say one forty five, do McKee and I uh, or um Pico and Pitbull fight either uh, Pico or um, on And they both went into the trilogy fight. I just
0: <sighs> for all the excitement that was built up in this fight And I knew it was going to be a bit patient, but I knew at some point there was going to be a lot more activity. I was waiting for that uh, increase of activity and it truly never happened. There were certain moments, but all in all, it just wasn't an exciting fight. I wasn't excited to see a trilogy between these two. And what's crazy is that it... I don't know, man. I, I... Borgs uh, Borgs does definitely deserve a shot, and Pico definitely looked dominant in his fight. His fight wasn't entertaining at all either, because he was just so dominant in his fight in every aspect of of the game. It was just three rounds of pure domination. So mm, yeah. I um, I don't know. This one didn't leave me feeling any any excitement looking forward and uh, looking forward.
1: Yeah, it did not. It wasn't a great Like I said, it was to the point rematch considering the first fight wasn't exactly competitive I mean, and in, what, two minutes with the key the the guillotine. But it still, you thought it, it would do more considering how good both fighters are and how well both guys were coming to the first fight considering the two elite fighters. But it just didn't work out. It just didn't go that way, unfortunately, for us.
0: Most definitely. I mean, so with that being said, um, I don't know if you have anything more you want to add to, to, to the breakdown of this fight. We can move yeah. on to the uh, next fight. This is for the light heavyweight uh, championship. Vadim Nemkov versus Corey Anderson. It ends in a no contest due to an accidental clash of heads that leaves Vadim Nemkov uh, open, bleeding on top of his head. And uh, man, this... What I could say about this fight was it was a shame. It was a shame because watching this fight, Corey Anderson, all uh, right, Vadim Nemkov wins the first uh, the first round to me.
1: Clearly, to me, yeah he
0: clearly won the first round because the striking was just better than Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson didn't know what to do with the striking of Vadim Nemkov. The second round, Corey Anderson des- uh, des- decides to mix it up, and in doing so, he takes the round. Like, it's clearly his round, the second round. I didn't know he was that good on the the ground versus Vadim Nemkov because I thought Vadim Nemkov would have, you know, given him more of a challenge, at least getting him on the ground. But Corey Anderson was able to do it repeatedly. And it was, you know, it kind of, it it wasn't, I wouldn't, I don't want to say effortless because Vadim Nemkov did put up some great defenses. But ultimately, Corey Anderson was able to get to his end goal which was getting him on the ground and landing some uh, damage shots. Then you come into the third round, right? And I I spoke about this with uh, Austin. I remember this shot because they showed it on the slow motion. I was like, oh, man, he did himself a weird disservice. He's grappling with uh, Vadim Nemkov on the ground. He has top position. And in the midst of him throwing blows, he throws an elbow that that at the very same spot where he later on headbutts for Dean Demkov. So to me, it felt like he softened up the tissue that would later on be opened up by his own headbutt. I mean, what do you do with that?
1: It's bad luck. I mean... Bad luck, uh, well, yeah, bad, it's bad luck because Corey Anderson was three or four seconds away from winning that round. And if he had won the, if the fight got on the fourth round, and that happened, the, they were going to judge the scorecards, And Anderson would have been would've won two rounds to one, and he would have been the lightweight champion. And not only that, he would have won the lightweight tournament and got a million dollars, Lindai prize and prize, on top of that, too. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate because, like you mentioned, Nimcal clearly won the first round. He was better striker did defense Anderson's takedowns a couple of times in that first round it was very good second round Anderson's big adjustments take him down and win that round with some of his we did on top and some of his offense despite spite Nemkov, you know trying to go for submissions and trying to you know, make it hard for Anderson on top standing in the third round Anderson did better in the third round landed work shots ground and pound despite Nemkov's resistance off the bottom going for submissions making Anderson uncomfortable but Anderson kept adjusting they're very good on on, on top. He's a very good top game, but then, uh, but then the elbow happens, and then the head put, the head clash. And once the head clash, it just opened the cut, and that was a bad cut. I mean, it it, it deserved to be stopped because that cut was bad. It was very, you could see the insides very well of that cut. If you, if you saw it, let me show the cut. It was bad. It and it's such a shame because Correia was so close to win the fight and becoming the light heavyweight champion, and. Our, and probably being considered the number one like, heavyweight in the world, and yeah, and just unfortunate events for Anderson. Very unfortunate. It's, you know, it's very. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's it sucks for him. I mean, I mean, he was in good spirits afterwards, so which I will give him credit for. But that's gotta mess with him mentally, knowing that damn, I was this close to winning the round, possibly going round four. Who knows? Maybe I could have stopped in round four. Maybe I could have dominated to a decision victory. Well, if that had happened, the fourth round, the, two, the judges' to a came, and then 2 won him champion. Either way, it's just a bad. It just it just sucks, Corey Anderson, considering he was. I mean, so close to officially win the fight. I mean, I mean, you can go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, like worst case scenario for Corey Anderson was that let's say he wins the uh, the the fourth round due to more takedowns and getting some strikes. And then uh, Vadim Nemkov adjusts and went to the fifth round. That still gives him three to two. Yeah. You're right. It would have, oh man. Ugh. This one just sucked. I watched it, and as, I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, he opened them up. Let's go. Let's go. And then when they're like cut, calling it off and everything, I'm like, wait, what's going on? And then you see how bad the cut is. I'm like, ugh. And then then you watch the replay, and I'm like, oh, man, the headbutt. I go, oh, it was the elbow, too, that softened it up. And as soon as I said that, they're like, we got to go right back to this elbow that happened earlier. I think, and John John McCarthy is saying it. He said it just right after I said it. I think that's the elbow that really softened up the blow. And as soon as the headbutt happened, boom, just got it. Like, he just opened up. And it's just, ugh. It w- it would mess with me. I I I don't know Corey and I don't know Cory Anderson personally, but me, it would mess with me because I'll be like, ugh, I was right there. But that would give me more motivation to go back into the gym and get my stand up game better because now I know I can take Vadim Nemkov down. I want the rematch. You can't deny me the rematch either. Uh-huh. Because I was winning two rounds to one, clearly. And if I call for the rematch, and you as the champ say no, like who who else do you think deserves uh, more of a rematch?
1: exactly or yeah, exactly. And I think Scott Coker alluded to it that they are probably going to do a rematch. It seems only fair that it's not finished business. You have to do a rematch. It's not to sell the fight for the tournament. Well, the tournament's unresolved. There's no winner. So there's no reason to do the rematch. You got, you gotta have to do it. And someone it, it needs
0: should, a million dollars.
1: Yes, And it should help Corey Anderson. I mean, it, it motivate him to work on his stand-up game because he now knows with Nimkov that that's the thing that was giving him problems. Although he knows he can get taken down. But but the thing is, it gives Nimkov you know time to work on his wrestling defense even more, especially dealing with, with American you know single leg wrestling versus sambo wrestling, and get and to work get off off his back. So. It's kind of of one of those fights where it's like both guys now can adjust and and now they know what to to work on both guys and who knows how the second fight's going to turn out make better improvements and it's going to be a more competitive fight potentially in the second fight.
0: Hopefully, most definitely. But, you know, we do know Vadim is going to have to recover a little bit because he can't can't wrestle too much because head, hands, and hips, he can't involve the head right now. He's going to have to do just some wrestling where it's going to be against the cage, possibly someone, you know, having a single leg. And he's going to have to uh, try and learn to defend single legs and double legs against the cage and in the open area and things of that nature. But um, like you said, Corey Anderson, he has has a template of what to work on. Vadim Nemkov has a template of what to work on. We have a very interesting rematch coming up, and that is some unfinished business. But from there, we can move on to the next fight on the main card: Aaron Pico versus Aldi Edwards. And like you said, Aldi Edwards was a, a, a you know a, a late replacement, and Aaron Pico just did it. the round it three. It, it, yeah, it, it ended in the TKO punches. Essentially, the uh, the the referee stopped it a standing TKO. But it it was no need to go any further than that because. Aaron Pico dominated him for for, for three rounds. I... Everything, everything. He gave nothing.
1: Exactly, exactly, They gave nothing. It was just Aaron Pico showcase. He did what he wanted, take him down, ground and pound him, stand up, drop him, hurt him. Edwards was tough, tougher Jim credit toughness, but yeah, I mean, Pico just put a whipping on that bo- boy, like he stole something from him or something. Just beat him up, held a post, I mean, Aaron Pico got the got the you know victory in third round TKO and great showcase for him on a big card especially as he moved as he now on six fight win streak put, ever since going Jackson Wink he's really put he's really put it all together and just been living up to the hype that he had going into Bellator he's been living up to it recently and yeah I mean who knows what's next with Pico maybe if, if, if did 145 maybe 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 the winner, I get made boorish considering even Boris is a victory over him. They can rematch, want it, fight Pippo or so, or maybe fight someone else that's ranked. Excuse me. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're um, if you're pick Pico, you got a lot of options, and if you're belt, so you gotta be happy with Pico going in six fight win streak and going out there and finishing guys and really showcasing all his skills.
0: I agree with you 100. percent But more so than that, what I think, it, I don't think it's a bevy of options for him. Sometimes, I mean, you know, when you're having so much success in one division, your eyes will wander to another division, see what possibly is could, could be going on over there. I think sometimes what, what, uh, what fighters miss is that, you know, the, the, some legends, they've made their namesake off of dominating one division for a very long time. And just knowing that at a certain weight class, they just could not be messed with. The, the, the promotion tried bringing up this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy, but it just didn't matter because this guy is like, it. It was what it was. I mean, I know GSP is is known to be one of the, uh, the goats, and he's, you know, multiple division champion, all that. DC has made his claim for for you know being on the Mount Rushmore, for having multiple uh, divisions. But see what John Jones could do with his legacy as well, and being a light heavyweight, a a a. GOAT he is a light heavyweight GOAT it was a time where he was in the division and no one could stand up to him so yeah. people gave him close fights but all in all he won he-, he came out on top and he gave up the title on his own terms so you can build your legend you can build the legendary status off of doing that sometimes so it- it's just an option
1: oh yeah yeah that's true we shall see. I mean, we'll, we'll see next for Pico. Up, rocking Pico can't wait to see his next fight, and we shall see what's next for him. Like I said, it's our self-redundance. And the open, the main oh. card, yep, we'll I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead, go ahead.
1: On the, the open, the main card was a heavyweight matchup between Linton Vincel and Timothy Johnson, which ended in the first round, you know, first round victory for Linton Vincel via, via strikes in the first round TKO. And this fight was crazy because Johnson hurt Vassell. I thought Vassell was out. You remember he got dropped and then he got, uh, and then he got hit, got up and he got hit again. And he just like fell and looked like he was done. The referee to stop it, but he somehow survived. And then basically was able, I guess Johnson, I guess Johnson went down to finish him on the ground. He Reversed position, got on top of Johnson. I guess Johnson got tired and just Vassell was able to pummel him to pummel him to the point where the ref had stopped him. Just like like two and a half minutes after getting trot to I me, mean, what a crazy, what a crazy first round this was. This was definitely a great way to open the card.
0: Fireworks, and the Jedi himself was watching this fight, and he he's got an eye on Linton Vassell now. He really he thinks this guy is going to be something in the Bellator heavyweight division. So hopefully he can you know start to rise up in the division and and give a guy like Ryan Bader some challenge for that heavyweight title. But like you said, this guy, he could take a punch. Something I don't want him doing too much of in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Cause yeah. One punch is all it takes. You don't want to do that too much, but for him to have the ability to just take a punch, take another one and still survive, you know, Tim Johnson's onslaught and, and reverse it on the ground and, Finish it via ground and pound. It was just vicious, and just kudos to Linton Vassell there. That was a showcasing right there.
1: That was, and that was a very great performance, great comeback. I mean, what? I mean, just awesome fight. Um, all in all, man, this
0: was a this was a great event by the Bellator because the the the, the, the uh, preliminaries had some very good fighters as well. Bobby Saronio, C- uh, he had an impressive fight against Caleb Ramirez. He uh, climbs to 2-0 in his, uh, Bellator, uh, his Bellator conquest to, to fame them and, and getting a title. He had a very, very good fight. I remember him. Uh, uh, L- Layard Anderson versus JT Donaldson. He won in the first round via rear naked choke. He had a very good fight as well. There was, there was some very good fights of The first two fights, Theo Haig versus Allen Benson, along with Laird Anderson. Those two fights ended very quickly. Rear naked choke, first round. These guys started off the event quick. Let us know what type of event it was. So I want to salute those two guys there. Uh, Is there anyone in the preliminaries you want to shout out?
1: I want to shout out um, Kyle Crutchmer for getting a you know victory in front of his well not hometown, but home base fans because he does train in San Jose, aka in San Jose. Got a good dominant victory against a very good Michael Lombardo, was twelve and two coming to fights, and I mean it was a good victory, especially the point, especially as Lombardo early on went for submissions as Crutchmer took him down. But Creshmer is able to negate that. And also the third round, he picked up Lombardo, walked him and then slammed him, which which I love a good slam, especially picking her man up. You walk him down, slammed him. That's especially in the third round too. That's really like you know, got clap for that. But but yeah, good good victory for Kyle Crushmer. He climbs up the Bellator rankings as he does, as he's probably the next, you know, prospect from AKA that's an American that can definitely do something in Bellator or UFC. No also, I, oh, go oh, ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, no go, ahead. Saying, go ahead. There, there's there's a, um there's a great fight that's between um let me get their names right um Luna uh Roger, Rogelio Rogelio Luna, Luna. And, uh, versus Hernandez. Socrates
0: Hernandez. Yes, this was a very very good back and forth fight. Both te- both of these guys said, "Screw it with the defense. We just want to throw leather and hit each other as hard as we possibly can." And Socrates, he had a great first round. My only issue is that gas tank, man. You got to work on that gas tank.
1: Yes, I don't know, does. maybe
0: you, 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 know, you're in the wrong division or something like that, because he started to fade later on. And Rogério Luna, he just kept throwing. He figured it out. Like uh, uh, Socrates had a great first round, but then that second round, Rogério Luna flipped the switch, and he just kept going. And then he ended the third round after just. You know, both
1: of them just kept throwing at each other. Yeah, man. They just kept throwing at each other. I mean, Tiger T, Hernandez, rising at fish earlier because how tired he was. And some shots he took from Luna. But Luna didn't have much power because he was exhausted himself and took some damage, too. And that second round, I and mean, the second round where, where Tiger T got the takedown. The second and first round, the end, he got a takedown. They getting hurt by Luna and, like, went for a rear naked choke but didn't get it. I think it was the second round. I mean, that was incredible. Yeah. And, and then just... This was a great, great fight. Very excellent. Probably, probably um, early. I mean, awesome, awesome fight. Highly recommend anyone, everyone, to check it out if you can. You can go to our YouTube channel for free. You can see that fight. Some people were saying it was reminiscent of uh, Griffin and Bonner from the first Ultimate Fighter season finale. Somewhat, it was somewhat familiar to that fight, which I can see. Either way, excellent, excellent fight. I mean. The fight tonight, probably the fight of the weekend, let's be honest.
0: Yeah. This was, UFC. this was because I realistically looking at it, I'm I'm thankful that this didn't go to decision. Because if you leave it in the judges' hands, I think the judges would have messed it up.
1: Probably, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <I guess. laughs>
0: you,
1: Man, you and I both brave. know that. Someone's got to gotta be the
0: bad guy, and the judges usually are. But I'm got glad you. that they were able to finish that in the ring. And, I mean, who knows? If Socrates starts to build up that gas tank and he shows more of a, you know, a, a creative repertory in his offense, and they both, you know, just shore up the defense and get a little bit more creative in that offense, it could be a possibility where these two meet up again later on down the line, fighting for more, uh, you know— that last time they were both fighting to just get their names in the uh in the uh, Bellator uh, lore and get their names amongst the fans, but now they could be uh, later on down the line they could be fighting both you know possibly for contention for a title and they'd have to go through each other yet again. Who knows?
1: Good point. Yeah, very good point. And hopefully that's, that it might be the case. Let's see if both guys can improve and work on their skills and get some victories and develop. Well, yeah, I mean, great. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I'm saying that's a yeah, that's something I uh, uh you know that's a perfect segue I wanted to add as we get right into this next card that happened on Saturday, uh on ESPN Plus started at 5:30. It was Bilal Muhammad versus Vicente Luque Part Two. This is a rematch, and now they're they're one and one. Yeah, they're one and one. Two guys that met up the first time. This ended rather very quickly. Second time this happened, both guys have aspirations to get to a championship. They had to go through each other, but this time Bilal comes out on top via unanimous decision. And I I thought he deserved this this unanimous decision, man. I thought he fought the better fight. There were chances where Vicente Luque could have uh, won the fight, but he didn't press the uh uh, uh the he didn't press the issue enough. I think because Bilal Muhammad didn't allow him to press the issue enough because of all the movement he had. Well, what say you, Austin?
1: Bilal Muhammad deserved to win this fight. He clearly won. And, the thing, and Bilal Muhammad's movement really helped, especially helped him out, especially with, with Luke K. not being able to throw more strikes than he wanted to. Yeah, but the thing with Bilal, well, not Bilal, excuse me, Luke, K., that, that bothered me a little bit was this that the third round he won that round, clearly, he hurt. Um, Muhammad twice rocked him, and also threw a lot early on in the fight. through leg kicks to Bilal's left leg, that which which which, which that third around worked because if you want to stop a guy's movements, the best way is to take out his legs. Leg kicking, calf kicking helps, and he did early on in that fight in the third round, and went for and was able to hurt Rock Bilal and throw um and even threw a body shot like his coaches won him to. That did hurt Bilal, That lets him work success and rocking him after round. I don't know why you didn't go for that in the fourth round. Do more of that, considering that worked so well against Bilal, And that's a great way to stop a guy's Balow movements. But since he, he kept pressuring Bilal into the cage too. That's the nerd thing. It wasn't like it was center. It was pressure in, in the cage. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know. he could have easily been able to do it. It's not like he's. It's not like he's dominant Cruz, Bilal Muhammad with his movements, to say the least. <laughs> Dan put the lighter up the air, the support like he's in a concert. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean that that part was just. I don't know why he didn't do that. I mean, Blau, Blau Muhammad. I mean, good performance from him. I mean, he was able to take um, down um, Luke. I mean, the initial takedown defense was not good for Luke. Once they got on the ground though, Luke did a somewhat better job. He was able to get up a couple of times. A lot of that due to the fact that in DC, not mention it, Blau had never was submission threats, and all his fights he never threatened submission at all, Blau Muhammad, and stuff like that that makes me question whether or not this guy can really compete with the top four of that weight class. And, and, and when I believe by top four, I mean top four is in the champion Usman, Kobe Covington, Gilbert Burns, and now Hamza Chimayo. I mean, I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Blau, good victory, a, a good victory, but. I mean, he's calling out Kobe Covington. I know he's been talking crap on him for a while, but... I don't think it's going to go your way, dude, Blow. Because here's what I think of him and Kobe... Uh, make your point, Dan. Actually, you, know, you want to talk. Go ahead, Dan.
0: You might as well drop the mic. You might as well drop the mic. You just take off the headset. Take off the headset, just drop it. I mean... just Just drop it, because it's... I like I, what more can I add? It's you clearly right about everything. I would just be repeating everything you're saying. Yes. Yes. Vicente Luque clearly had the booklet all in the third round and then he completely went away from it as to why he waited so long to even do it in the third round, because he kept showing hints of it all in the first and the second. Then you enact the plan in the third. You have a good result and then you just completely go away from it. So now I'm watching this fight, and it's like, yeah, Bilal Muhammad had a great victory, but I don't believe he can go against these top four killers. Gilbert Burns just like not for nothing. Like, like we looked at the we we spoke about the rankings. We said what we wanted in the rankings. Like, Gilbert Burns should not fall anywhere lower than three, and he didn't because he didn't deserve to. For him to give Hamza that much of a chance, and Hamza deservedly won the fight. I think he won the fight to me. Me too, me too. But Gilbert Burns, he, he was no slouch in that fight either. He provided a, a he provided a good fight throughout the second and the third round. For it's Thompson just that that twice. yeah, but but like when you look at it, I, I'm looking at that type of fight, and that was a fight that that Hamzad's coaches they swear that that was not the game plan that wasn't the game plan they wanted at all and he took way too much damage and he decided to do whatever he wanted to do in the fight which was he wanted to make it a blood war
1: yeah you're right about that exactly totally totally, totally hit the nail on the head that was a week ago too and then next week was the main event very poor in final World toy division and you know it's that you know luke could have done more and and like i said the problem Blood Mohammed is he's got a lot of decisions and he doesn't have he doesn't have the greatest you know he doesn't have you know dynamite in his hands either and like i said even you know luke was able to get up a lot of times you know especially getting up his back is because he never during submissions until the fifth round i understand point out,
0: like i understand that plan of side to side movement worked against luke but i'm being serious like you the reason why you and i are stressing this and i'm dude i gotta light it once again for you preach brother <laughs> you just kept preaching is because i look at it like when you name those top four guys when you name uzman kobe covington uh uh, uh gilbert burns Hamza Shamayev, all four of those guys are going to do the leg kicks they're going to stop that movement Matter of fact, Shemayev isn't going to, he's going to initiate the grappling with you. He's going to take you down and he's going to go with the ground and pound. And if you try and like reverse it, that's fine. Cause he knows you present no threat of submission. Like it's it, for DC to have said that in the, in the first round, when he got the takedown and it to have been true all the way up until the fifth round, when he decided, you know what he heard DC say that. So he decided to go for the rear naked choke. Like bro, that's I don't want to take away from the victory, but it just really felt like Luke came in there with the incomplete game plan.
1: Yeah. You're right. You're right about that part. Seemed like it. I mean, a lot of that was bla himself, because bla was able to get the takedown initially, which, you know, give you know, give Bilal credit for doing that, although so, you know, Luke's takedown defense early on has not been the best. But it's just, I mean, we I mean, was supposed to do the win, which he's able to do. Control it, take him down, use movement to hurt him. And what's like, you know, before I start throwing his hands, let his hands go a little bit.
0: But- Here's the other issue, too. Here's the other issue, too, when looking at the takedowns. Here's how the natural progression of the fight is supposed to go. Because we've seen this amongst the champions. We know how, like, it's like, okay, we know how a guy is doing sometimes because... If a guy is, like, fearful of your power, but he can move around and then try and get the takedown, it's like, all right, he got the takedown. But if you can get back up, even in open space, you know how to get back up. If he's not threatening any submissions, and you still can pressure him to the cage, then chop his legs and slow it down. Gamble a little more. That way, if he feels a little more comfortable throwing the hands, it's like, okay, you're fainting. Like, he didn't, like, they were talking about Luke A not even fainting he's pressuring throwing no feints trying to get the one-off when Bilal is mo- like he you ever seen how do I describe it like the bar where you have to press space bar in to make sure you get it in a good zone and if you get a good zone a good result happens like like a shot bar like uh, you know a uh, 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 a shot bar in a video game where you know the ball was going in the one side to the other you have to make sure you get it as close as possible to the middle and that's what luke was looking at below. like it's like get it in the middle get it in the middle get it in the middle and it it didn't make any sense
1: yeah totally but i'm
0: i'm being a dead horse bro
1: no, no, you no, you make good points about that. that's a good analogy. I get what you're coming from, and the whole you know pressuring, thing, not, not throwing faints. I mean, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Should have thrown more faints. Didn't do, especially your pressuring him didn't work. Didn't. It just, yeah. I mean, I yeah, that's actually the greatest game plan from um Bil- from Luke and Blah Muhammad. Like I said, not going for a submission threat. Like, not, it's, it's not just this fight. Some other fights too. DC mentioned he doesn't do enough. Even the Wonder Boy fight, he never really. Went for a lot of submissions in that fight it either. was just control exactly it was control- i remember
0: exactly. that fight being terrible because it was just control it was five rounds of him controlling wonder boy on the ground and we were just like and eh, i remember you and i spoke about it it was not an entertaining fight methodical yes you got through yes but it's not entertaining and we clearly see the flaw in it that those top contenders number one their grappling is better so you're not going to be able to do that and number yeah. two, you, your striking isn't up to par of those guys. They have different tricks of the trade to get themselves through whatever Bilal we believe can present. So,
1: Exactly. Even Covington, he doesn't have the power. But the one thing Kobe does have is volume, which I don't think Bilal can out-volume Kobe. And Kobe's striking, you watch his fight from Damian Maya back in 2017. Kobe's fight for Damian Maya versus the Usman and Masvidal fight. You can see the clear improvements in his striking since then. So, I mean, even, you know, even, th- yeah, like I said, those guys, Covington, Usman, Jemima Burns present, you know, better striking and good striking and better grappling. So that's why I look at him, I go, man, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't think he can beat those guys. And then those guys are all going to give Lal problems.
0: You know what I really think helped law at the end of the day, looking yeah. at it, is the fact that that Leon Edwards fights didn't go down.
1: Yeah, the, that um, it was a no contest because of the yep. eye pokes. Well, that's a fly That should have been a rematch because, especially those two eye pokes and the way he did, I feel like Blood was a the rematch because of that. He t- really took on short notice, but yeah. I think it definitely helped. Um, yeah, I think you're right about that point about the Edwards fight. I
0: think yeah. But yeah, all in all, Blah Muhammad, he definitely moves up. Um, We'll see If he moves up Then maybe um, Maybe Gilbert Burns Calls him out
1: Yeah Burns Yeah He wants we'll to call
0: out Kobe Covington But Maybe Gilbert tells him Hold on I don't think you're nice Like that Let's fight Let's see you move up The rank one more time
1: That's true Considering how close to Gilbert he, and Luke they are
0: Yeah he No he was in attendance Oh he yeah He was in attendance He took notes Right. He wants another five round fight, too. He wants to be active. So I'm looking forward to seeing more Gilbert Burns, too. So maybe Thanks. that's the next fight.
1: I agree. Yeah, that could be the next fight. That'd be a great main event for a fight night, too.
0: Mm hmm. Well, we can move on from that fight to the uh, next fight. Uh, this fight was, was this also in the welterweight division or in the lightweight middleweight, anyway? mid- middleweight. middleweight. Middleweight division. Child Barajo defeats uh, Kati Omar.
1: Omar Gaziev.
0: Omar Gaziev, first uh, in the, the round three decision. Uh, I thought, what, this, how did it end? Um, oh, uh, uh, Chal accident? well, you know, in the throes of uh, grappling with um, uh, Gazi Omar Gaziev, he knees him while uh, Omar Gaziev hand is down on the uh, ground and he has him in the clinch position. So uh, they, you know, deduct a point from him. And Omar Gaziev can't continue, so they just go to the scar scorecards. Rightfully so. I, I you know, this one I thought rightfully so. Even though he uh had an earlier infraction that they did take points from. But um he won the fight convincingly. he did child Barajo uh dominant. Dominant.
1: Def Chiao was more dominant than I expected. Going against some Omar, uh, Omar Gadaziev, considering Omar Gadaziev was 13-0 coming to this fight, and I know Chao Barrao had a good record, I think he was, what, 10-1 prior to this fight, if I'm mistaken? Yeah, 10-1, and I, but, but it seemed like Bahario was the better grappler, so took him down, um, Omar Gadaziev down, and was able to control him there, which, which that was the difference, better grappling from Barrao, and then the third round, like you mentioned, he throws that knee, while, well, Omar and had, um, on the ground, and once you need him, yeah, Omar can continue, and then, but you know, Broward got taking a point, a point got taken away from him because of that. But even then, because it was a 3 round fight and two rounds that previously um, happened, it was able to go to decision. Yes, you know, because we talked about the Nimkov and Anderson and Bellator incidents, in terms of how it was still the third round, five round fight, here because it was a three round fight, they were able to go to decision because two rounds I think had already passed and. It was 29-27 for Barajo because they took a point away. Otherwise, it would have been thirty twenty seven 27 just because of how dominant he was all three rounds prior to the knee. And like I said, unfortunately, you know, legal knee. I'm pretty sure to learn from it. But um, yeah, good, good victory for Barajo. Hanging um, Omar Gadazi up his first loss, considering a guy with
0: 13-0. And we definitely shall see where Child Barajo goes because he looks like a he looks like a very good contender in the middleweight division. Looks like a guy that, um, I mean, he has a Charles Oliveira look already, uh, 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 with the glasses and everything.
1: It's all lanky Brazilian too.
0: Lanky Brazilian that is a good grappler. We shall see where he goes in the division. Um, but I, I want to move on from that fight to this fight: Andre Filajo versus Miguel Baeza. Woo! First round TKO. I uh, Andre Filajo wins this one. This was this was very, very good. This was very, very good. Because first off, uh 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 Baeza uh, clocks uh uh um Filajo with the right hand, makes him yep. back up a little, very weary of what could happen. Filajo starts to get his feet under him, starts striking with Baeza, he's getting the better of him I dunno where he just catches him with the, Ooh. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen. This was a very good fight. Ended all in the first round. I, Austin, you got I know you gotta take your pound of flesh about this one.
1: <laughs> no, you said a lot of things I wanted to say. Tens of Baeza hurting um Andre fialo in the first round. Hurt rocked him, you know, put you know, but once all was able to get his um wits together. He came through. I think it was an uppercut that dropped on um, Beza. Yeah, especially uh, it was an uppercut, and then
0: oh yes, held them in the clinch with the multiple uppercuts. That dangerous work in the clinch, and DC was preaching about that. I love seeing that because a lot of a lot of people don't try that in the clinch. Sometimes they're not, you know, it, as soon as they're bodied up, clinch, especially in the open space. You you have a variety of ways to attack in the clinch. And there's not a lot of creativity in the clinch, but uh, Andre Palajo, like, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No,
1: no, 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 you're good, you're good. Yeah, call him uppercut and then finish him off with, I believe, the left. I think it was the left. I could be wrong. Was it the left? Yeah, it was left.
0: Massive uppercuts and then, boom, extended the left to finish him off.
1: Yeah. So he was, was out.
0: The- he was out and then the hammer fist came through at the end to really – and he tried to argue with the ref, but you saw it from – when like the hammer fist woke him up because the left put him out. The yeah. left had him like on his knees, bent,
1: out I looking up in the
0: sky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. The hammer fist woke him up, and then that. But but he was done. It was good stoppage by the ref. Great stoppage. Fialo got the right great victory. First victory in the UFC considering his debut fight against Michelle Bahia in January did not go his way. But here gets his first victory in the UFC and. Well, wait, get it. Great, great TKO victory. A freaking uppercut, then a left to drop him in Hammerfist. I mean, first round. Good job, Andre Fialo. I mean, can't wait to see his next fight because he's definitely a pretty good fighter. And entertaining, too.
0: Very entertaining. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I believe... Nope, give me one moment. Excuse oh. me. Yep, he got a performance of the night bonus. So salute to Andre Fialo there. For a performance of the night bonus, and and he put on a great show, a great show. And we can move on from that fight to the next fight on the main card: Uh, Myra Bueno Silva versus Yanan Yu. This fight ended via unanimous decision. Myra Bueno Silva wins this fight. This was it wasn't a like the unanimous decision. That, I'm not arguing the unanimous decision, but could this have been uh, possibly uh, you know, uh, 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 you know? And she also that that was also a fight of the night because they both went back and forth. That was uh, I don't think to me that was a, a, a the the best fight uh, I saw as far as you know back and forth. But I thought that you know fight of the night if it won the bonus that's fine to me. But could this have been a better fight? I think on Myra Ben Bueno Silva's part, to me, it could have been because she emptied the gas tank way too early in this fight. For me. She was throwing from from she was throwing from back here the whole fight, and then it came to the third round. And I don't remember who her last fight was against, but I remember when she emptied her gas tank against that fighter as well. She started to do it in the third round where she's showboating and trying to fight the person's ego. And sometimes you can win the, the fight that way. But if the tape is on you where you do that enough, uh, someone will know, okay, you know what? I just have to stay more composed because I know your gas tank is empty. I know I can pick you apart there. And Yanan Yu, she kind of fell for it a little. And, and Myra bueno, bueno Silva was able to etch out the victory that way. But, it, you know, I I thought she she could have fought a better fight. Well, what about you?
1: You said a lot of things I wanted to say. I mean, I'm dreaming a lot about about throwing better fight, Gas out a little too early there, and she kept throwing like punches from like back here or uh, back here, and like you know, you know, and, gas empty her gas tank especially in that third round, and that um, like I said, like trying to showbo and get like Wu fell for it early on but in that third round. I mean, it was a good performance. Could have been better from Bueno Silva, especially since if she keeps doing that, eventually some like other fighters can figure that out and use that against her especially if she's tired and her opponent's not hurt at all i mean she can use that her opponents can use that to finish Probably went win on Silva, so that's the only thing she's got to work on and and silva seems to be having more powerful shots than Wu. i think Wu's power wasn't there in this fight based on what i saw but, i mean well it was good well, I'm sorry.
0: I agree with you 100% there. Wu's power was
1: not there for that fight. Oh, uh, yeah. Good, good. A good, a nice performance for Buenos Silva. definitely, don't, don't just start everything with the with leather because you get tired and then the third round, I can come back and bite you in the, you know what, in the butt and then you're basically in trouble from there.
0: Most definitely. But, uh, we can move on from that fight to this next fight, uh, Pat Sabatini versus T.J. Laramie. This was a good fight as well, too, for me, man. This was a really good fight because I love watching Pat Sabatini put in work. Whenever Pat Sabatini is putting in work, I just love watching it because that guy is a consistent worker. He loves, you know, he he comes in there. He's no nonsense. He knows what he's coming in to do. And that's what he did there. T.J. Laramie definitely presented a better fight than most people he had good grappling defense but all in all pat sabatini was able to f- reverse a lot of positions and he you know it, it his ground and pound saved him getting you know fighting through submissions getting some uh, trying to get some submission attempts definitely helped him etch out this fight and it was a unanimous decision i i thought he won this fight through and through but i think it i don't think tj laramie is for the worst of this fight i think these two guys are definitely gonna meet again in this division. What say you?
1: Um, possible. Let's we'll see if Laramie can bounce back from this victory, which I think he possibly could. Because Laramie, you know, this is his first fight in, what was it, two years? I think we talked about. He didn't fall in a while. Mm-hmm. So for him to do this was definitely a good sign. I mean, hopefully he gets more ring time, I mean, more octagon time. It could definitely help him out. And that up he the rust and maybe perform better. Pat Savatini is very good, especially in the ground game. He's very good. And he showed in this fight, you know, you know, especially with position, dominant positions and all that, etc. I mean, he was very dominant. Very, very, very good performance from Sabatini. Showing once again why people are high on him, especially if you follow his career. And he, he got he won his fight 30-26 all three judges' scorecards. So they so he they he was just so dominant in this fight. And it's just his ground game is a problem for a lot of people. The key with fighting um, Sabatini is prevailing if he's getting on the ground, because if you don't get, because if you're on the ground, fam, it's it's a trouble for most of these fighters in the lightweight division. I picked lightweight I am I'm mistaken. I'm I'm, I'm forgetting for Danny Boy classes now.
0: Give me one moment, let me check on
1: that. Could be wrong. Cause it's, it's a featherweight. It's,
0: it's, featherweight.
1: Featherweight. Okay, featherweight. Yeah. His ground game definitely could be a problem for a lot of these better weights in the future, especially if they can't stop his takedowns. I mean, watch out.
0: Yeah, there has to be someone. I think right now what Pat Sabatini has yet to run into is someone with enough uh, footwork to stay away, enough uh, ground defense to keep themselves upright. And enough striking to keep the fight upright, to where Sabatini is maybe has to say, you know what, I can't just, you know, walk down some, walk them down, and get whatever takedown I want. I'm gonna have to strategically strike with them, and then get what I want. And maybe we'll see a, a you know, a, a you know, more from Pat Sabatini. But all in all, he's he's just shown that he's a different force in that weight in that weight division. And uh, you and I are both looking forward to more Pat Sabatini. Uh, we can move on to the first fight on the main card. Uh, uh, Mornier Lazez versus Angie Luisa. Uh, uh, Mornier Lazez wins this fight, unanimous decision. And I just thought Mornier Lazez, he was way faster than A- A- Angie Luisa. Like this is, he was just so speedy against him. Whenever Luisa uh, threw once, uh, 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 Lazez had two more waiting for him. He threw, he threw twice. He had four more waiting for him. And he did land some powerful shots. But what I, I, I thought Luz, uh, uh, uh detriment was that he he, he knew Lazez was faster than him. What he didn't want to concede was the speed and actually try and get closer to Lazez, make this a dirtier fight. If he had the possibility of making this a dirtier fight, then he had a chance of maybe winning. But Lazez is a specimen. He is a specimen to behold, man.
1: Okay, I did not see this fight. Unfortunately, I didn't see this fight, so I, so I didn't get to see. Um, uh, you said you said Lassie was a specimen to behold. Yeah, Laz,
0: more than is a specimen to behold, bro. Because this guy is just—he's different. And they're in the welterweight division, but he moves very, very fluid. He moves. Uh, you know. You know what's crazy? What. He his the fluidity of his movement reminds me of Giga Chikaze.
1: Really? Wow. That's, for a welterweight, that's pretty impressive. considering Giga's, really impressive. Giga's got that great kickboxing, you know, background, too.
0: And he's very fast with the hands, uh, Austin. He's very, very fast, so... I'm looking forward to more more nail But his uh, also but also lose as well. I want to see uh, more of him because there's a chance for him in the UFC. He has to face the right opponent where he can showcase that power, and uh, I believe he has something else. He has more in him.
1: Okay, and that that closed the breakdown. Of the main card of this um, fight night, you know, this UFC fight night, Bellah Muhammad versus Vince today, Luke k Two, and, and anyone mentioned the prelims? Some um, Dan.
0: Another fighter, uh, a fighter in the preliminary, he got a a performance bonus as well. Jakar Close, vicious, vicious, vicious finish in the second round via punches. He beat Brandon Jennings, the human highlight reel. Uh, Brandon Jennings, he did fight a more composed fight. That's what I wanted from him, but Jakar Close was just, he's a different animal. This guy's a different animal, bro. I Different animal. Different animal. That's a you were saying something?
1: No, I was like go ahead.
0: Yeah, he's just a different animal. I another person I want to shout out is Devin Clark. He fought uh, William Bike. Yep. I I know you saw that one. What were your thoughts on that?
1: Oh I like the finishes. I love the finish. Finish is pretty good. It was Scum the Clinch, um, nine of clinch, Nanny Drops, right elbow. Then then I left to drop him and finish him, then just ground a pound. I mean, that was impressed. I like the combination. You don't see el- you know, you know, especially we see usually it's punches. Never like elbow and then a punch it just doesn't happen. Like it's as, as punches. So it was cool to see that. It's very unique and different. Very good, 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 not good finish for um Devin Clark, especially a heavyweight too.
0: Oh yeah, and also the crazy part is I think I don't know, man. Maybe heavyweight is 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 better for Devin Clark because. He can take advantage of these big guys that are, 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 you know, just swinging for power. Because we saw in this fight with Ion Kutalaba uh, Kutal- uh, how he could just take a punch. Ion Kutalaba really punished him, but he fought through and was able to, you know, end up in uh, taking it to the judges. Even though he lost that fight convincingly, his, he, you know, he, I remember hearing his dad shouting his name. Come on, Devin, fight through, fight, fight, fight. I remember his dad, was his voice was ringing through the Apex Center. And so that's why I remembered him. And he took a beating in the first round from William Knight. William Knight got him early there, clogged him a little early. But Devin Clark was able to fight through the punishment and was, uh, you know, successful in, uh, um, in, in fighting through and getting it to the third round through his grappling. The grappling, ground and pound, submission attempts. He kept, you know, landing the body shots on the ground. That's something that I I see fighters, they don't love doing a lot because they think it's ineffective. No, he was able to get the right angle on his shots and kept striking William Knight in the body. Made him change his hands. He could have gotten the triangle. Didn't happen there. But all in all, Devin Clark, awesome performance. Awesome performance there. Another fighter I want to shout out, Penny Kianzid versus uh, Lena Landsberg. Wins the fight via unanimous decision. She was just on Lena Landsberg. And Lena was able to throw those elbows. She is the elbow queen. Got some elbows in on Penny. Was able to uh, uh, change the complexion of the fight in the second and in the third round. But Penny all in all just kept the pressure forward with her striking. Made it a gritty fight. This was a pleasurable fight for me to watch versus these two ladies.
1: As for Penny, I think, for not Penny, um... Penny, that's what, I, I know she's ranked. I know she's going to move up the rankings a little bit for that victory. I, I'm trying to remember, is that her, she on a win streak or is this her bounce back win? Because I know she fought, um, Raquel Pennington and lost recently.
0: Yeah, she, she lost against, uh, Rocky Pennington. And so, uh, yeah, that's a bounce back from Rocky.
1: Okay, that's, yeah, good bounce back. Keeps it in the rankings and good victory for her in that fan weight division. There's a fight in prelims I do want to talk about that happened that was kind of um controversial was the uh, martin Bundy fight against chris barnett we're in a four in the third round Barnett, barnett um bunday hits um barnett with an elbow that looked like that was the back of the head and Barnett you know reacted and then you know dropped down and the, and dan murray i believe like stopped the fight because because Barnett was really affected by the elbow and um and do you, think it was a, do you think it should have been um disqualification because i don't think so sound like he wasn't trying to you could tell he's trying to hit him from the side on barnett
0: uh, they, they shouldn't have dq'd him
1: they, he was winning
0: did. this fight convincingly they there shouldn't have been a disqualification at all i i didn't see the controversy in this at all i think the biggest controversy was the fact that uh 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 barnett wanted to continue but the doctors wouldn't let him And it's like, yeah, because he was losing this fight. He was losing the fight. I don't, the only way he could have won the fight was via a a KO. He had to take out uh, uh, Boudet out. That was the only way he could have uh, uh, won the fight. Because other than that, Boudet kept grappling him up against the cage and just kept laying down the punishment from the uh, grapple, from the uh, clinch. It was just, He was winning the fight convincingly
1: they didn't they didn't kill him but but they got the victory 327 all three scorecards thankfully. but um yeah it was definitely unintentional and it's unfortunate hit the back of the head but Boudet was winning that fight I mean he's just bigger than Chris Barnett just you know size just pushed him around basically they able to control the clinch game and grappling and um yeah I mean it's it's
0: it's, what I'm it's weapon The other thing I wanted to add in regards to Chris Barnett is he had a very exciting finish that time and I'm just going to say this because I want what's best for him. That finish was amazing because we didn't know the athleticism he had at that weight class. He's got to shed some pounds. He's got to shed some pounds because he needs the gas tank to continue to fight in that weight class not only that it's not like he would lose any power from the dynamic athleticism he has
1: And hey, he says that was that. a
0: beginner kick that he threw and he was comfortable throwing that kick all night long it's just that the gut bro i'm serious the gut just kept tiring him out and you see it it's like bro you have so much opportunity with the athleticism you have you gotta cut some weight brother you got to cut some weight you yeah. ain't got to be six pack but you got to cut some
1: weight i agree Cutting some weight can help getting Alex said 264 to 250 248 can help big time It can still be a, a legit yeah. heavyweight but also have more energy and less you know more energy doesn't get tired and that can help that can help him out in these fights considering you know if you're, if you're tired not going to do well which is obvious but still Especially this weight class, the one weight class you don't get tired at, because all these heavyweights got one shot power, and if they and they can just hit you a good shot, they can knock you out.
0: It's, I just, i I need to. I gotta check his weight. Give me one moment.
1: It was two sixty four when I saw the you know the the stats before they Bruce Buffer and two sixty four. Yeah. All right, so
0: then I'm yeah two two forty five, bro. 20 pounds is a lot. I think 245 gives him the gas tank to run around these these heavyweights.
1: Yeah. Good point. A good victory for Brian Bode, especially considering he did, you know, not nice 10-1 dominant victory. Was never in trouble at any point in the fight.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. But all in all, um, that was the weekend that passed of UFC. Is there any other uh, preliminaries that you want to shout out?
1: Uh, No, not at the moment.
0: Matter of fact, there is one more fighter before we move on. Uh, Alatong Haley, he won the first fight of the night against Kevin Kroon via uh, TKO. I remember that fight. That was a very good fight. Alatong Haley, uh, he's uh, finally got a win, and I mean, he does have a few wins in the UFC, but he's coming off of a couple of losses, so he's got a win, and it, it's looking good for him, so we, uh, uh I, I'm excited for him because he has a lot of power, but other, all in all, that that's it for me uh, on uh, UFC night, on UFC fight night. That was uh, uh, the weekend that happened past. This weekend, though, we have a lot more fights to be had starting off this friday this friday this friday showtime bellator the women's flyweight championship will be decided between juliana velasquez and liz caramuch is that did i say that correctly or caramuchee
1: Liz Carmouche,
0: Carmouche, Kara yeah. You got to tell me about these two fighters, Austin.
1: Liz Carmouche. I mean, if, if you remember, her and Ronald Rousey were, were part of the first ever women's fight in, in UFC history. The UFC mm. bandway, Women's Bandway title back in February 20... Oh, my voice. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> it was February of 2013. I forget which pay per view it was. It, was a, it may have been the pay-per-you, and that was the first women's title fight, women's fight period in UFC history. So she's been around for a while this Carmouche. Her last fight in the UFC was a loss to Valentina Schenko for the five-way title where she lost a uh, decision. Wasn't the greatest fight in the world. Then got cut from the UFC. Since going to Bellator she just won 3 in a <clears throat> 3 in a row, excuse me. And she's got two finishes in that 3-5 winning streak as well. Her last fight was a TKO victory in the first round against Kana Watanabe back in June, of, back in June. So yeah, she's definitely um, earned the title fight against um, Julia Vasquez, and Vasquez is coming off a, con- a very close somewhat retro victory in her last fight, which was her first title defense, against, um, who she, who she defend against? I'm trying to remember now. I forget who Julia Fasquez defended the belt um, against. Uh, uh no, Denise
0: Kailholtz?
1: Kailholtz, yeah, that's right, Kailholtz, that's right. That, yeah, it was controversial, I mean, it was very close, some thought Kailholtz should have won that fight. But she split is coming decision. in, yes, yeah, what decision, and for Vasquez, this is an opportunity to get a, a victor or a big name in Carmouche. She's fought for the UFC bantamweight and um, flyweight titles. Who's a girl who's fought who's fought the who's who of fighters? You know, beat some of the recognizable fighters, and, and this is definitely a main event of a belt of a show. Just an opportunity for people to get Vasquez, you know, her, her flowers and put you know more respect on her name. You know, despite the fact she is the champion, beat Liam McFarland, McFarlane, who is one of the bigger names in Tour. And so, you know, I think this is going to come down to, um, probably, um, probably a lot. Probably whoever has the better grappling exchanges wins the fight, in my opinion, these two. Whoever can initiate the grappling and do better in the grappling, I think, wins this fight. That's just my opinion, Car Merchant Vasquez.
0: Okay. Also on the card, we have Enrique Barzola versus Nikita Mikhailov. Uh, any any scouting tips on this fight here? There's something to look out for?
1: Uh, I know these are the wild cards, the band of the Bellator bandway tournament. Forgot to mention this week the bandway tournament Bellator begins, which I'm very okay. excited for because to me, I might be this might be the best Bellator tournament of all. And yeah, a lot of talents. I mean, this is this is the um the <clears throat> excuse me. The uh, you know, wild card, and all I know is that Nikila uh, Minikoff, uh Nikolov is um, a and, A1. a He's, he's one I believe, his last um, five fights looking, looking him up from Russia, and then you got um, Enrique Barboza, who's 17, I believe, 17, 5 and 1. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to pull up the records so I can see. Yeah,
0: 17, 5 and 1, yeah,
1: and look, and like I said, I think both guys. I think both guys. Are, everyone's just, everyone's in this, you know, what, what, um, tournament and wildcard is deserving of it. So that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. They all they all deserve it to be in this situation. I think it's fair. These are two guys who maybe we're not too familiar with or talented being the wild card round, so that way where wins gets involved in the tournaments and see so that way we get to the idea of who these guys are maybe we start caring about them more. I believe Barzola is okay. fought in the UFC. If I'm not mistaken, I know his last fight was a victory over Darren Caldwell, where he stopped him in the third in the third round. Who was the former 135 champion? So that's kind of an impressive victory for uh, Barboza Bar- Barzola, excuse me.
0: Yeah, his last fight on the UFC was against Ronnie yeah, It was a draw.
1: Yeah, and after that he didn't fight again until this past January. We got Victor Caldwell. So, okay. So yeah, definitely both guys deserve it. I mean, I mean that. Uh, Nine, yeah. Like, <clears throat> so I'm excited to see that fight, and then I know the other wild card fight is Jornal um, Lugo against. Who is he going? I'm to remember who's he going against. Danny against, Sabatello. Sabatello, okay. I, I actually confused Sabatello with Sabatini. I think I <clears throat> think I did or before because the names are so similar. Sabatello, yeah. Sabatini. I think they're both Italian, if I'm mistaken. Not Sabatini, is, so i do not Sabatello. No, Sabatello yes, he is. is Italian. Yep. It's Italian gangsta. That's his nickname. Yeah. He looks Italian too. Shout out to, shout out to all Italians watching us I love for Italian especially if your food is the best food out there. I'll <laughs> say of all the foods, but yeah, anyway that, he's 11-1 um, Sabatello Italian gangsta coming off. I believe a four five no five five win streak Yeah, it's the first loss to be at Brett Johns back in May of last year so he's been a while, but at the same time, it's a big opportunity for him. He out American Top Team has a chance to go out there and get a tournament, and has a chance to make a name for himself. Maybe get that million-dollar prize
0: against Spendie- Jornel Lugo, who is a rising name, is, is stunning the the Bellator world right now with his amazing ability in the, uh, in the octagon.
1: Yeah, Lugo is very good. I mean, you're right, he's undefeated. I mean, a and o. You're right. He's definitely been uh, one of the better prospects Bellator has. around Lugo. And it's only fair that he's in the wild card position. And if he can beat a guy in in Sabatello who's 11 one, if we can beat him, especially dominantly, that sends a message to everyone that this is a dark horse in the bantamweight tournament, which is something we all have to pay attention to. Because like I said this all tournament, a lot of guys can win this tournament. This is a good. That's why I like this tournament so much. That any number of guys can legitimately win this this tournament. Who knows? Maybe the winner of this fight of the of the wild cards goes on and wins the tournament, like the Daniel Cormier of this tournament. If you remember Cormier back in Strike Force when he entered the um Strike Force Heavyweight Tournament, he was a it was an alternate. Uh Alista Orman got hurt. He was supposed to fight Bigfoot so he stepped in, knocked, knocked out Bigfoot, then the then dominant Josh Bournette won the heavyweight grand prix and, and made a name for himself. Daniel Cormier in Strike Force. And then, of course we all know he won't have a Hall of Fame career. So, so, this could be a chance for the winner of the wildcard tournament to do that, potentially. Most
0: definitely. Also on the card in the heavyweight division, we have Christian Edwards versus Grant Neal. This is going to be interesting.
1: Not too, yeah, I agree. don't. No, excuse familiar. me, light
0: heavyweight division.
1: Yeah, I'm not too familiar with them. I know they both have one loss. One's 5-1 one Edwards, and then 6-1's Grant Neal. Not too familiar with them. So I I I, sure that
0: was, I think I've seen him fight before.
1: That name does seem familiar. Yes,
0: yes, he lost against Ben Parrish in the first round of uh, 2021.
1: Oh. oh yeah, okay, okay. That was we lost too. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yes, they both come off their first losses. Edward and Neo. So Tom's gonna bounce back from this victory.
0: All right. Also on the card, we have Manny Murrow versus Nate Andrews. You have any tips there?
1: Not much. Not too familiar with um, a lot of these guys in the car at their desks.
0: All right. So then, yeah, there's a lot of interesting names there that we're going to be introduced to. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm only going to say this about three times now. You can catch the preliminaries for free on YouTube. Two more times now. You can catch the preliminaries for free on YouTube. I'm saving, the last, I'm saving the last one. I'm saving the last one. And then Saturday night. We're gonna, uh, UFC is kicking it off Saturday night, 6 p.m. We have the Amanda Lemos versus Jessica Andrade card on ESPN+. Plus. That's a fight night card. And um... Me and Austin talked about this in the preliminaries. Can we keep it funky with you guys, ladies and gentlemen? There are some names here, here and there, but all in all, I don't think this card is going to be too exciting.
1: It's not. It's not the greatest card. I mean, last week's card, on um, UFC card, has had some fights that are interesting. Some are like, eh. But this card, I not, it's not a strong one to be honest with you. It's really not. The main event I is. I mean, there the event, are. But.
0: Main event is interesting. We both agree there. Amanda Lemos versus uh, Jessica Andrade. That's very interesting there. But then the co-main event, Clay Guida versus Claudio Puelez. I, I'm not interested there.
1: No.
0: Nah. Heavyweight division, Tanner Bozer versus Alexander Romanov. Not really interested there.
1: Macy yeah, Barber yeah,
0: versus Montana De La Rosa. I'm, I'm going to have my eye on it a little bit. Sumer Daji versus Manel Cop. I'm interested in that one because both of these guys are coming off of interesting wins. Uh, Charles Jordan versus Lando Venata, I'm interested because I haven't seen Charles Jordan fight in a while and he really was calling someone out. Uh, Jordan Wright versus Mark Andrew Barrault, I'm interested there as well Versus for Mark Andrew Barrault, but I'm not all the way interested after that it's a couple of names here and there anyone uh you want to point out
1: um the male cop and um sue and Suma the Sumajai jai fight because both guys are ranked because 14 Super Jay uh, is ranked number 12. booper finishers too 7, 17 6 for uh man out cop he's got 11 k on tkos and i believe what five submissions if i'm mistaken
0: mm-hmm. i believe so around so
1: yeah, so six of his fights are finishes. He's a finisher, and then you got um, Sum- uh, Sumerjai, who's also a finisher. He's got, I believe, 12, no, 13 KO and and one submission, so mm-hmm. both guys are finisher. So this is a, it, it could be a finish, or it could be a competitive back and forth fight where both guys are so good that they can't finish each other. But, that could be a good fight i think that would be a good fight can i see why you like Manel cap i can see why because i've gone back i see his fights in ufc and i see his fights in Rising, and yeah he's pretty damn entertaining pretty good he's
0: very entertaining my only thing for both of these guys is they need to make weight they're infamous both of these guys are infamous for not making weight you got to make weight make weight and it'll be a good fight because they'll probably they'll possibly between these two guys have a potential for fight of the night.
1: I totally agree. I I, I, to, I definitely agree with that. I like I like that Manel Coppin Sumaj so fight. Should be in the main card hopefully, especially the, the two good fighters and also it's a ranked by the flyweight division. I mean, it should yeah, be it's the in the card. main card. Yeah, it's hopefully, in the main card. As it should, thank God. Um, and they finally
0: walk- put Charles Jordan in the main card as well.
1: He's going against what? L- Lino Venali said. Yeah, Lando Venata, Yep. Oh, Venata always has good fights. So that's gonna be. He always does entertaining fights. So that's gonna be interesting. to See if Venata puts it. What Venata does against Jordan, what Jordan does, it could be entertaining. Hopefully, I think I think he will. But I I can't recall too many bad Venata fights personally. Mm. A yeah, Charles one, Jordan
0: is a you know he's an entertaining fighter himself, bro. You're right. I love Charles Jordan.
1: Um, Macy Barber, I'm going to see how she does, considering, um, before the, um, what I say my fairy fight, she had a lot of hype, and she was, you know, doing well, but then that fight set her back, and then she lost to, I think a lost to the Grossos, and then, the last fight, we both agree, that was a bad judging decision, terrible one, that against, um, Maverick, random Maverick, that was not a good judging decision, I, I told him what you did, I can see why, you're rolling your eyes, that, yeah, I want to see how Macy Barber does against um, Montana Dela Rosa. Considering um, Macy Barber, I guess her last few fights have been against very high level competition. You know, Maferi, you know G and definitely a ranked fighter. Alexa Grasso, look how well she's done. And Maran Maverick, who everyone has, is a, who's, everyone as a high prospect, which she is because Maverick's very good. And we agree, Maverick won that fight, but they unfortunately gave it to Macy. I do want to see how she does Macy against um, Montana De La Rosa. Considering, considering De La Rosa is false, so I know she's going to be a victory in her last fight. If I'm mistaken, yes, against uh, Aaron Leslie, be a yeah second round. And, but so, but still, I think this should be hopefully for Macy a better fight for her against a better competition for her than um a um, Maverick or a Grasso? Potentially, I don't know. I see all your eyes, Dan. I mean talk to me. I <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm not because like you the tape is out on her already. She's not gonna very she's not gonna go hard until this... Later, half of the second round and then the third round. But by then, she's taken so much punishment that it's kind of debatable. But then even then, like, I don't, like... <sighs> like, that style doesn't work. You and I both know that style doesn't work. It just... if, if For championships, that style doesn't work. No. Because <laughs> you're going to take too much of a beating. And by the time you get to the fifth round, you already ain't got the gas tank.
1: Exactly, you're right. No, you're right about that, um, Dan. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a bad version of Peter Jan. You know, Peter Jan tends to be slow starter, but then he makes adjustments. And once he makes adjustments, he dominates. But Peter Jan doesn't take that much damage, so that's the thing. It's, he doesn't.
0: It's two different things with Peter Jan. Number one, he's making adjustments. And you know he's making adjustments by the amount of activity. That's the second thing. He's you know, he's you know blocking some hits, taking some damage here and there, but he's also throwing back, calculating you see, because as the rounds go and it, you see it, sometimes the adjustment happens just as quickly as even within the round to the next round. It's a boom, there he goes, he's figured something out. Now you gotta show him something new.
1: Exactly. It's like Macy's doing a, a bad version of it with her. A
0: bad impression.
1: Yeah. She needs to get faster starts. If she can do that, I mean, I think she can take off in her career. Just to me personally. If she can just fix that, that's the thing that's holding her back is that is that aspect. The slow starts.
0: So, whatever.
1: Anyways. Let's talk about the main event because I think we should. This isn't, you know, just seeing Andrade just going down weight class. First of all, are you surprised? Because I'm, I'm a little bit. Considering I thought maybe. So see, she did decent 125 but i guess she's not exactly the biggest 125 in the world
0: uh yeah there's that because consistently you see valentina shevchenko she's there at the top and that's something she would have to always kind of go through with all the length and the girls coming up behind her are lengthier and lengthier she's the only odd one that doesn't uh fit so now if you go into a division like strawweight you see a girl like Wei lee she's got power behind her she's shorter and she can touch those girls because they don't have as much power as uh as uh, a uh, uh, a girl like Wei Lee or a girl like uh, uh jessica and Raj. so it makes sense to me
1: okay well yeah because i do remember she did beat king and Shikugian. and i mean she finished her body shots which i thought maybe if her power that's the one thing she had over oh, the other girls is you know the fact that she—they're all taller. She just hit them in the body. If her power, she can really do damage. That's just me. And she's strong. But I, I get where you're coming from, Dan. In terms of the size and like strong versus flyweight, I understand where you're coming from. But this is a—you know—a good fight for her against and lamos who I believe is coming off a five-fight win streak, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. So. She is yeah. coming
0: off, of, and it's surprising to me because. Lemos, I, I'm surprised that Lemos would even take this fight because she's only ranked number ten in the uh, division. I, I thought her focus probably would have been, you know, trying to fight uh, uh, someone higher ranked and get in the top five. But this would be just as good too, especially against Jessica Andrade, who's coming off being number one in another division. This could also help you uh, move up in the division.
1: Well, that and also on Andrade, is a former um, champion at Strawweight too. She, she beat Rose. She knocked her out. And so if you beat the former champion at um, Strawweight and a girl who's number one in another weight class, that can do a lot for Amanda and Lamos. That can put her in that top five. Probably. It'd be hard to not... You, you, I mean, she, if, she was to, if she beats Andrade um, and get a top five spot, you can understand it, right? It's not like totally unjustified.
0: I, I'm looking at it right now. If you give her Marina Rodriguez, who's ranked number three, I wouldn't argue that.
1: Wait, if you give Lambo that fight, or if you give her after this
0: uh... one, after if she wins versus Andrade, and you give her uh, uh, Rodriguez, who's ranked number Rodriguez, who's ranked number three, why would I argue that? I have no reason to argue that. If you give her Zhang Wei Li coming off of a victory against uh uh Jacek, or Jacek coming off of a victory against Zhang Wei Lee and she's there ranked number one, I wouldn't argue that either.
1: I wouldn't either, yeah. Or Mackenzie Dern.
0: All of those are viable names that I wouldn't argue, especially coming off of a victory against Andrade. Like that's a, that's a tough ask.
1: Yeah, it well, we is. We shall Amen. see. Yeah, Lemos is pretty good, she's got 11 victories, 11 to and 1, and, and 1, she has a draw, she's got 7 knockouts, decals, and 2 submissions, so she's a finisher, and we know Andrade tends to, can be a finisher too, She, you know, she's very powerful, I mean, we see, we see her knock girls out, I mean, she's knocked some women out badly, I feel like Karen, it, a couple years ago, she just dropped her, what you don't see in strawweights, girls getting dropped like that, she did, she slammed Rose on her head, knocking her out when she won the title, so Ken Shikiri game. Here the bite shots that dropped her. I mean, these these girls they got power, especially Andrade. And it wouldn't surprised me if it was a if it was fest like a somewhat slugfest early on. Or even someone gets finished, I would not be shocked.
0: I wouldn't be shocked either.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a big test for Lambo's first main event against someone who's been one of the top women fighters in the world the last five years. And Andrade. I mean, if Lambo passes this test, I mean. Is wonderful for her career. And if you're Andrage, you beat Lemos. You're in the top 10 easily of two weight classes. Probably one if you say a straw weights, And now that, yeah. uh, and you can and you can win a couple of fights of straw I get a trophy fight with Rose if Rose should um, beat Carla or remain champion too.
0: Yeah, but uh, like, yeah, there's, just, there's a lot of implications here on this fight. It's very interesting uh, coming down the pipeline. I, I'm interested in that, but it's. Seems like it's women's weekend, uh, uh, you know, this weekend because not only is that the headline, and Friday is a headline for Bellator, Bellator has a two day event, ladies and gentlemen. They have a two day event, and this Saturday, starting at 8 p.m., they have an event where the headline is Chris Cyborg facing Arlene Blenko for the Bellator Women's Featherweight Championship. There's a lot of interesting fights on this card here.
1: Ooh, yes.
0: There is a lot of interesting fights on this card here. Yeah, I think it's I mean, card- let's, let's, Chris Cyborg think- versus Arlen Blanco. What, what, what do you see in this fight?
1: Um, if I remember, Cyborg finished her in the first round or second round of their fight. I think, I want to say it was late November, late, late, um, late November 2020. October 2020. Okay, I know they fought before. I just don't remember when. And Cyborg. Um, no, she 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 stopped her. She submitted her. That's right. That was Cyborg's first submission victory. She submitted on Blanco in the. Uh, I mean, in the first in the second round. Greeny could choke. That's you know, I was very impressed because that's that Cyborg's first submission victory. And we think of Cyborg. We think of her knocking women out. We don't think of first submitting girls. So I mean. I wonder, I wonder how that's going to play a factor. Does Cyborg try to go for submission again, or does she fake a submission, leaving Blanco open, just dropping her with her power? Because we know Cyborg, that girl can knock... That girl knocks women out. I mean, she's devastating I mean, she, she messes up women. I'm trying not to cuss, but you get the point, I'm trying to say.
0: Oh, yeah, nah, I, I get the point. Uh, But the o- other thing, too, is... I hope... Uh, um, I hope... I hope cyborg isn't so confident in her power because she got the submission that she's overthrowing and makes the mistake that um amanda nunez made against of uh, uh, juliana pena because i i felt in that nunez fight she kept overthrowing because she was so confident in her power she felt that she could get whatever that it's like you know what it's it's whatever. I'm gonna just throw with reckless abandonment. I'm gonna finish this quickly, and I'm moving on to the next. And you can't do that. You gotta focus on the opponent in front of you. You got to finish via the submission, your first submission. You know she's fearful of the power already because that's tape on you. But she's also gonna be, you know, cognizant of the submission. Play with it a little. You mix mix the martial arts a little. It can help you out to your benefit. That's what that's what I want to see from Chris Cyborg.
1: I totally agree with what you said, that's all good points about you. Play it, don't get too cocky, Chris admitted hurt. Mix the martial arts, stay focused, treat her like a, like, like, like a threat that she is. And like I said, mix the martial arts and definitely, if you do that, I think Cyborg gets the victory. You made um, great points there. And I do think Cyborg's gonna win, personally. I think she's gonna win. I know it's MMA, expect the unexpected, but I don't think um, Irene Ar- Arlene Bl- Blanco is the girl to do it. Like I said, hope Cyborg doesn't look too far ahead with from um, Cazeghondo because considering Cazeghondo ever since going to Bellator has looked really good at 145. But yeah, definitely make great points there, Dan, and totally agree. Can't wait to see a Cyborg fight because Cyborg brings it. Cyborg loves watching Cyborg fight. We can move on. We, we should, should talk see. about.
0: Yeah, we could. We I definitely. I want to move on to this. I'm going to get your breakdown on this for the interim bantamweight championship. Juan Archuleta versus Rafael Stotts.
1: Well, man, what a great Coleman event. That, that, this could be the main event if they wanted to. I mean, I understand Cyborg is the big name in in his actual championship, but this fight is so damn good. It's a shame Sergio Pérez got injured, man, because Sergio being the champion, I mean, well it definitely be great to see Sergio against Stouts, considering Stout's is his training partner and St- Sergio's really good. But what a great replacement. So you got Juan Archilea, the former champion who Sergio beats to get the belt. Go against Rafael Stouts, since And Stotts come with that impressive victory over Magaman Magomedov, Magomedov, who was the guy who was the guy, you know, some a somewhat boogeyman from Dagestan who was just who was just dominating guys. Um, I believe it was what, fifteen and one prior to that fight against um, Stouts. A guy yeah. who's, the guy who always took dudes down, just dominate guys, and he out wrestled a, a high level Dagestani wrestler, which you don't see often. It just shows how good Raphael Stats is. I mean, Stats is like phenomenal. The guy is 17-1. He's only lost to Mirab Mar- um, Devashvili. I that's how he pronounced his last name. His last name Devis- is hard. Uh, Devis-
0: Deviscelli.
1: Deviscelli, There we go. That's his only loss of his career back in back in 2000. And, seventeen. Other than other than that, he's won every fight. And he's and he trains with um Sergio Pettis and Duke Rufus. So, I mean stats you know how play this game is wrestling. Good so yeah. wrestling. If you're and Archley is gonna have to step those takedowns, or at least give him submission threats. If he can do if he can do those things, I is the better stand up for the fighter for the two personally. I mean he trains with T J Dillashaw. He's T J Dillashaw's main sparring partner I had to tell you about how good Archuleta is striking. If he's trained with Dillashaw in terms of sparring all the time, he's Dillashaw's number one sparring partner, and he was the oh, former yeah. exactly. He was the former band and Weight champion too, 25 and three, very good, very good. I mean, the guy's got you know he's got 11 knockouts, two decals and also 13 decisions. So if he does, you know he tends to you know be, go for decisions, but he can knock you out too if yeah if it's there. And like I said, very good striking. In fights he doesn't get to finish it. He's have great striking too. And good, and you know, decent footwork. But great striking. I mean, he's a very, but he, but he could go for takedowns too. He's not exactly a one dimensional fighter, um, Archuleta. Mm-hmm. He could do all other things. But his strength is striking. And he's a better striker to, uh, between him and Stouts. I think Stouts has the advantage of wrestling. So it's a wrestling striking matchup basically. Where, can, where this fight goes, if Stouts can take it to the ground, he should win. If, Archie could stuff the takedowns. There are different submissions off his back potentially, you can get it back standing. Then Archuleta could probably win. This, this is a coin flip fight for me. I think I could see either one of these guys winning because it's so good, so competitive. They both come from great gyms. Like I say trains with um, not Whitman, uh, Dwayne Luglick, Um, Archuleta. Then you got Stouts with Duke Rufus and Rufus MMA. I mean, this is two high-level guys going at each other. In my opinion.
0: I agree with you 100%. I'm looking forward to this one, especially after that performance that Rafian Stotts put against Magomed Magomedov. It was just, it was something none of us were expecting. He came in fully prepared with that game plan, confident and knowing what he was going to do against a guy that was boogeyman, and now he's got that that extra badge of honor on him, and he's coming in there very confident against a Juan Archuleta who. There's no reason for him to have any lack of confidence. But we also have on the card, man, Kyoji Horiguchi versus Patchy Mix. Well, what do you see happening in that there? Because that's also part of the uh, Bantamweight Grand Prix.
1: I forgot to mention that that Archuleta does come from a wrestling background, though, and um, amateur wrestling Purdue, but Stouts is a better wrestler. So I wonder if that does play a factor going against a fellow wrestler that fight. I forgot to mention that as well. But yeah, but you mentioned Horiguchi and um, Mix. I like this fight. I love this fight. This is another excellent fight. Horiguchi who was the champion but never lost the belt got injured and he was stripped and then Archuleta won it. Then Pettis won and then him and Pettis fought. And and he was beating up Pettis. Basically he was winning that fight. Then the fourth round Pettis was got spinning back on fist. Drops to Horiguchi and basically finishes him, which that's thought they just don't expect. I mean, he got caught off guard, and those those punches are you
0: mm mm-hmm, It's one of those like uh, overhand right, overhand right could catch anybody and put anyone down.
1: Poor man. I mean, Horiguchi is so good. I mean, he's been very good for a long time. I mean, this guy fought for the flyweight title against Demetrius Johnson, UFC guy who's you know was the rising and Bell- Bellator weight champion guy who. A lot of people have always put respect on his name because he is that good and the guy is very complete Fastest, is Gucci is freaking fast i mean that guy he may be one of the fastest fighters in this weight in this tournament i think that is going could be very important for him against the guy in patchy mix who's got very great wrestling ra- um, jiu-jitsu very great grappling i mean this guy his, gra- his grappling is very dangerous uh, patchy mix like, he's got like a trying to remember his, how many submissions this guy got this guy's got 11 submissions and 15 victories that should tell you how good this guy is with his grappling. I mean, if he gets it to the if he gets to the ground, I mean, if he gets it to the ground, you're in trouble basically most times, unless you're one Archuleta, which I give Archuleta plenty of credit for surviving the, some of those takedown attempts from um, at Patchy Mix in their fights. I think he's the he's the only guy to get Patchy Mix a loss in his career. Arch- but yeah, for Gucci, it's gonna be scra- great scrambling when when um, Mix goes for takedowns, and also you just beat gain. Taking down in general, because if he can use his speed, I mean, you can give um, Mix some problems because you come in and out, you know, hurt him with your stand with your striking. Because poor Gucci does have very good strike, he can hurt guys with his strike. I've seen him do it before in previous fights. If he uses speed to catch uh, Mix off guard, that can, throw- that can really mess with his flow in terms of going for takedowns, and that can really do some damage. And I think he can win that way. And personally, I mean, this this is, this is, uh, I mean, this is going to be, this, this is such a good fight, I mean, I love this tournament, shout out to Bello for making this tournament, I just can't wait for Saturday to come, this is going to be freaking incredible.
0: Also on the uh, main card, the, the start of the main card, we have Alima Leigh McFarlane versus Justine Kish in the women's flyweight division there, oh, uh, what should we expect in that fight right there?
1: This is Layla McFarlane's first fight in, in um, almost two years since December <clears> of <throat> 2020. A lot since of December, ring rust. It's been over a, ye- over a year, a year and some months of the ring rust. Her last fight was the loss of Julia Vasquez, who won the belt from her. This, she's come off her first loss of her career. It'll be interesting to see how she bounces back from that. I mean, I do like she is a Hawaiian native, and so she, the crowd. This is probably the fight the crowd's most invested into is her fight. Against Zhang using Kush, Kish, and just, I always like when they go Hawaii Bellator for a little bit, McFarland, because the crowd's very different. The crowd, like the crowd in Hawaii, is very like it's one of the best crowds in MMA when she fights in Hawaii. I, 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 and side note, real quick, I find it a shame that is going to go Hawaii, but the UFC can't. Considering Max Holloway's been calling for that for a while, I mean, how do you not have Max Holloway in Hawaii? That just makes no sense. Because he is
0: such a crowd favorite,
1: it's ridiculous with that. That's about let me let's go back to the Bellator thing. But I just want to mention that because it should be mentioned. But um, yes, yeah, for flying Hawaii, she tends to have very um, she she tends to do she, she usually um has some of her best performances like some of her title defenses. She's um kind of like stopping, you know several um she got like um. A uh, triangle show against Valerie Le- Letourneau back in her the fight in Hawaii back in December 2018. She's been the belt. And I think against Justine K- Kish, she's going to stop her. Probably submit her because her grappling is pretty damn good. Um manuel despite the layoff, I think um, Kish is a perfect opponent for her to come back against. I know Kish fought in the UFC several times. I think her last fight was in the UFC. I mm-hmm. forget who she lost to um no, no no it was just De- uh deanna bennett before Yeah, that deanna lost. bennett
0: yes yes I, I remember that fight i, I we both expected uh, justine kish to win that one but deanna bennett came in with better striking and she ended the fight on the ground just you know through decision
1: yes you're right about that good point and um before that she lost to tracy cortez in ufc that's why i was being confused i forgot about the bennett fights. you that was several months ago and yeah, I think I don't like Kish's chances. I don't think Leila McFarlane's gonna beat her. Probably second round, just to get a little time, her timing back because she hasn't fallen a year and a half. And I do think if Leila McFarlane does what she's supposed to do, she'll get a big victory and a sub rematch between her and Juliana Vasquez potentially. If Vasquez is to get, is to get by um, um, Liz Carmouche, which is not an easy task, considering yeah. Liz Carmouche and McFarlane are our teammates, so imagine they're probably working together. I Maybe mean, she's telling Carmouche about things about fast quest as well.
0: But yeah, that's oh man, that's an interesting fight right there. I gotta be tuned in for that one. But then ladies and gentlemen, that's it that's the uh end of the main card for Bellator because You you still got the, the, the counter up? Yep.
1: It's, it's up just here. one
0: left, right? One left?
1: Yes. I'm one. gonna only
0: say this one time. Uno the preliminaries for Bellator, are on YouTube on the Bellator channel for free.
1: F R E free.
0: You saying it now? Cause I I, I'm, I I don't know if I'm getting to the people.
1: No, I, I think you are now. It's, it's free. I... It starts at I believe what eight o'clock on the eight o'clock on YouTube for the prelims most and definitely the prelims, and the prelims got some good fighters I mean one matchup I'm interested in seeing, and I'm surprised I didn't know he was in Bellator was Yancy Maduros I had no idea he was in Bellator I was kind of surprised when I looked this up like Yancey's in Bellator he's been uh, UFC for a, for a while now Had some good had some success Had his ups and downs in the UFC but he's going against Emmanuel Sanchez a guy in in the lightweight division a guy in Emmanuel Sanchez who was a title challenger. Let's not forget he was in the finals of the um, featherweight tournament before losing to Pachito Pitbull in the first round via uh, via um, submission. And 2021 was not a great year for him. He lost three fights. Great, all of them to good fighters. I mean Pitbull, Matt Brunell. We know how good he is. There's another guy we didn't mention for the probably Pico or um, Mickey or the fight next potentially in you know their fights. Matt Brunell. Also, Jeremy Candy is a pretty talented fighter as well in the um, fairweight division. So he's hoping to turn around t- um, next this year, turn around, make 2022 a-, a good year. Growing up in weight class, maybe he feels like maybe things he can do better in the in a different weight class. Maybe because he's he's not like he's not like a he's not uh <clears throat> he's not small for 155. I'll say that he's 5'9, so 5'9 155 can is pretty decent size. Yeah and hope maybe you oh. can turn around go ahead
0: now i was gonna say another fighter that i'm interested in in the preliminaries is bobby king he's been putting in some work these last couple of preliminaries and the uh in the bellator he's been getting uh i think two he's coming off of two ko's now so i'm interested to see what type of work bobby king is gonna do
1: yeah oh yeah definitely And i i want to mention of um Bobby King, that, that's 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 some leg weight against Keon Diggs, okay. And another fighter one I want to mention in the prelims that I'm kind of surprised is um Go to What's that? i like, what's his first name? Yamuchi. Gosa- Yama,
0: G- Yamauchi,
1: Yamuuchi, yeah. Uh,
0: Gyochi, I don't. Yeah. Gyochi
1: Gyo- Gyo- G- Yamanuchi, Gyochi T- Yamanuchi, There we go. Now you know what it is. It's the eye, I was confused with Kyoji Horiguchi. I didn't want to confuse that. We're just talking about Gyoji or Gucci. I didn't want to get that's why I got confused, but yeah, Gyoji is on the you know, he's on the he's fine, well, weight division he's going against um, who's he, he's going against uh, Levon um, Cook um, Chok Choku Chokili Chokeli. Chokeli. There we go. I don't know why I'm butchering his names. Usually, I do better foreign names, Unless it's Greek, but anyway, um. Yeah, Yamuchi, very good fighter, very good grappler. I mean, it's grapplers are, it's grappling is very elite. I mean, the guy's got 20 submissions, 20 his 26 victories are by submission. He's come up victory by TKO in his last fight over over Chris Gonzalez. I mean, I mean the guy, the guy is pretty good. I mean, the guy, guys, it's very consistent, very good submission. He also got good striking too. I mean, the guy, then he comes from a karate background as well, so. I believe he comes from cry background. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong about cry <laughs> background. I think so. I could swear I heard from he is a cry background. Not I could I could be wrong. I'll, you know what? I'll, if I, if it's the case, I'll write in the comment section. How about that? All right. But yeah. All right.
0: But we, yeah, now def- No, nah, I'm saying we shall definitely see that. um Keep guys, check out the preliminaries. I you know, hang on.
1: Yes, free the YouTube eight o'clock on Saturday night. You'll definitely see preliminaries and very good one. Like it's got yeah, Yancy Maduro, Mano Sanchez. You got um Goiti on this card, and who's and you got you know very good preliminaries. And if they're if they're like last week, it should deliver because last week preliminary for Bellator were pretty good. A Lot of finishes. Yeah, great fight of Hernandez and Luna on the card. Definitely a, a definitely a great fight. Uh, could, A a sleeper for fight of the the year, that fight, I'll say that, potentially. But, yeah, hopefully this Bellator um, prelims delivers, just like the um, last week's, which I think he will, potentially.
0: And they have two chances at it. But, ladies and gentlemen, like we said, uh, look forward to this weekend of MMA. Friday, Bellator kicking it off with a card. Saturday, uh, uh, UFC has got us at 6 p.m. They kick us off, and then Bellator gets right back to us with the second day at 8 p.m. And women are headlining all of these cards, so it's a women's weekend. Salute to them. They got it on lock this weekend.
1: Yeah, but, definitely.
0: Uh, yeah, go ahead, I, think
1: ever, I think it's the first time ever a UFC and Bellator are headlined by women, let alone three big MMA shows, You know, it's by two companies, at the same time. That's the first. That's the first time ever. Most
0: definitely, and we shall see what the results are. But uh, I thank you guys so much for joining us and you know breaking down the UFC, breaking down Bellator, breaking down the fight game, point blank period, the kicks, the punches, the chokes, the grappling, everything uh, that we do, we love because we love the sport. We just love breaking it down and analyzing and seeing what could possibly be next. The big fights to come. We love reminiscing on uh, the big fights that have already happened. And uh, Austin, any last words?
1: Um, no, it's just that it's a very busy event for Manway weekend, these at last two weeks, and this week especially. And um, <clears throat> and looking forward, oh, excuse me, looking forward to, to this weekend, especially the Bantamweight tournament, Bellator definitely kicks off. Definitely was almost looking forward to. I think I think it's gonna be very good. I think that, especially that Saturday car, I think it's really gonna deliver. Those fans in Hawaii and those fans definitely enjoy some very good MMA. And can't wait to see what happens. Can't wait to see Cyborg do her thing potentially. And then McFarland's back, the Corbucci and Mix, and then of course Archuleta and Stouts. Excellent fights. And they, and even the women's uh, main event at the UFC with Lemos and Andrade. I am interested if Lemos can make a name for herself and be a former champion, or if Andrade comes in, beats up Lemos, and and gets back in the strawweight rankings. It's, it, we, we can't wait to break it down next week, to, you know what happens and hopefully it delivers. I mean, I, I expect to deliver. Hopefully we're at, at next week. We're both excited. Recap what happened last week and we had a lot of good stuff to break down. So and they, yeah, and thank um, you everyone for listening and watching us, on, watching us on YouTube and listening to us on audio platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Speaker F, Anchor FN, etc. Thank you guys. We appreciate the support.
0: Most definitely. My last words is um, just echoing what Austin said. We love breaking down every part of the fight game. Even the boxing, even though those guys don't give us much support, I want to give a a shout-out to Errol Spence Jr. He's got three welterweight belts now, ladies and gentlemen. He's got three welterweight belts. He was able to defeat your Dennis Ugas in, I believe, the 10th round via TKO. I mean, uh, doctor stoppage. The doctor had to stop it because your Dennis's eye was swollen shut because Spence just kept hitting him with that uppercut, hitting him with the body shots, hitting him with the uppercut, hitting him with that jab, vicious jab, vicious straight. Earl Spence Jr. is a problem, but now boxing, it's incumbent upon you. Earl Spence has all has the three belts. There's only one other man that has a welterweight belt and we know who that is. Make the fight. It's that simple. Terrence Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. We're unifying all the belts. We're finding out who is the best welterweight boxer. It's a mega fight. And it ain't even in the heavyweight division. Make the fight. Don't mess this one up, boxing. Don't mess this one up. But from Austin, Chef Dan, thank you, everyone, for joining us, whether it be on the audio platform or on YouTube. Once again, we are taking questions on our YouTube platform. Just letting you guys know from now on, you guys uh, type it up in the YouTube platform at the end of the show, We will answer those questions, but thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Peace. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, we
1: are